the words of the Apostle Paul that may be best known of everything that he wrote contained in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 lead us into an understanding of his concepts of love. Listen to these words again. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions and if I hand over my body so that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. And as for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes... The partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I spoke like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now, faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. It's hard to express exactly what love is, but many of us are going to make that attempt this week, you know. Let me remind you, Valentine's Day is on the way. I talked with a man a while back who said to me, he said, honestly, he said, I for years have gone out and purchased a card to give to my wife, but when I get it, I don't know what to write on it. I don't know how to put it in words, what I'm feeling. But he said, I've come up with a great plan. He said this year, he said, I've gone out and purchased two cards. And I said, two cards? That's great. He said, no, you don't get it. He said, I'm going to give her one card, but I'm going to read what was written on the other card and then write it on this card. <laughs> I said, you tell me if that works. <laughs> How inventive are you with this? Do you let your love be expressed from your heart? You don't want it to be something that's driven by Hallmark, do you? Isn't it the desire of our hearts to know 
someone else's love and their care in our lives and for that to be very very real the apostle paul's love letter is not scripted by any card company it is filled with tangibles you heard what i read just a little bit ago when i read what he conceived to be this very important definition what he perceived to be the very important definition of what love is it is patient it is kind it is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude and it doesn't insist on its own way it is not irritable now ask yourself whether you're loving the next time you're irritable because you'll get there do you ever find yourself getting resentful do you ever find yourself rejoicing at somebody else's wrongdoing all of this has to do with the nature of love expressed in very real ways I imagine this banjo will end up in the Smithsonian shortly now is there anybody here that knows whose banjo this is I'm curious about that whose banjo is this John Pete Seeger's banjo Pete Seeger's man do you know that this icon of folk legend passed away tomorrow will be two weeks ago you may be saying to yourself I don't even know who Pete Seeger is do a little research here this guy is an incredible force in music of especially a few years past he died at age 94 but have you ever heard the song where have all the flowers gone no, I'm in another generation entirely, <laughs> entirely. Well, what about, have you, have you ever heard this one? Let's see how it goes now. If I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. I'm stuck in the 1970s. Some of you know, some of you know these songs. Pete Seeger was this this force to be contended with in fact he will tell you he used to tell us that that he did not write we shall overcome but he tweaked it and got it ready for the civil rights movement he was the guy that put the correct edges on that song as it became known to all of us he was this incredible force of love. Can you read what is written on his banjo? It says, this machine surrounds hate and forces it to surrender. Isn't that great? He sought through his life to make love very, very real do you believe that love is this kind of 
force that has the power to change the world? Or do you consider this to be just an, a matter of option in our lives? Do you think of it as being some romantic gesture? Or do you see it as connected with the very heart of God? We should never give up on the incredible power of love. John Wesley, when he was a young man, came across the Atlantic with General James Oglethorpe, who settled this colony here. And when he came, he came for the express purpose of of being the chaplain of Savannah, but really he was a missionary to the Native Americans in this land. While he was here, he wrote a sermon that he entitled, On Love. And in that sermon, he defined what was so critically important for us to remember. And that is that there is no place at which we reach that we do not have this God-given place of learning to love more and better. In fact, we ought to be perfected in love. John Wesley believed that over the course of his life, as he wrote in his journal, he believed that there are some people that get all the way to perfection. Can you believe that? Some people in this world have already been perfected in love. He was frustrated, I can tell you, by the King James Version. Why? Because they used the word charity in that version. Now, he used the King James Version a lot, but he said they never should have changed the word love to charity in the English. Because some people get the mistaken notion that love is something that you can simply do by almsgiving, by, by taking up a collection. Love is far more than that. He said it is something from the heart. And you know it, don't you? We all know this. When somebody is truly filled with a sense of compassion we know it it's evident you and I are called to to be this people of God that have a growing sense of awareness of how Christ wishes to be present to us did you hear me as I was praying a little bit ago Lord be present to us at this table and help us that we might be fully present to you. Are you present to God in this way? A man came to Jesus to test him and asked the question, what's the greatest commandment of all? And you remember Jesus said, well, you know this, we could almost say it together, that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Jesus adds to that. And there's a second that's just like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. The heart 
must grow toward God. This is the purpose in our being, a part of Christ. Martin Luther King Jr. was imprisoned while he was here in Georgia for a period of time because he was speaking out to make changes in society that were in need of being changed. He wrote a book that was entitled Strength to Love. And three of the sermons that are in that book were written while he was in prison in Georgia. One of those sermons is entitled Love in Action. Another is entitled Love Your Enemies. And the third is entitled Shattered Dreams. In all three of those sermons, he was explaining his concept of love. Not that it meant doing nothing. We obviously know that about his his way of living. But how do you act in such a way as to even be perceived by your enemies, finally, that you were loving in nature toward them? It was nonviolence at its best. He understood what loving action was. You and I abbreviate all of that and keep it so contained that we can be loving for a period of time until we get angry about something and we have our right to get angry about it. This is not Paul's concept of love. You will have difficult times in your life. That is without a doubt. Despite the evidence to the contrary, let me remind you that love never fails. The events on that hill called Golgotha is evidence enough for us gathered here today. Jesus gave his life. Was that the end of the story? You know it wasn't. His love spread with such power could never be contained. There at the cross that day, as Mark records the story, as Jesus breathed his final breath, there was a centurion, a soldier that was standing by him who obviously had just witnessed something that was overwhelming. He had seen Jesus giving up his last words to God. He had, he had perhaps heard him say, Father, forgive them for 
they don't know what they're doing. When this centurion looked at Jesus as he hung there dead on the cross, you know what he said? He said, surely this was God's son. Is this the kind of love that drives your life? Is what needs to be a part of who we are. After his resurrection, Jesus came back to Peter on the shore, and he had but one important question for him. You remember what it was, don't you? Do you love me? Three times he asked it, do you love me? And the response from Peter was, you know everything about me. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Let my sheep know that they are loved. As we come to this table, I want you to remember that it is a table of grace. It is a table of hope. But... Above all else, it is a table of love. And there's nothing more important than that.